Hey everybody, I'm Nathan Lersh, pastor at Illumin in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I'm Pastor Josh Schultz at Mountain View Lutheran in Great Falls, Montana. And welcome back. We're again, we're sharing this conversation with you because first of all, we love you and care about you. And uh, we want you to know that God loves you and cares about you too. And that's why John, who's known as the beloved disciple of Jesus, uh, wrote his gospel, um, his biography of Jesus for Christians 2000 years ago um, and why he wrote it for Christians today. So we are studying through John's gospel again to hear together how much God loves us. So that's where we're at. Welcome. Yeah, and today we are uh, continuing. We're in John chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses uh, 43 through 51. So if you got a Bible app on your phone or if you got your uh, physical paper Bible with you on hand, uh, go ahead and open that up if you can. And just to give you a little bit of context as we get started here, um, and I know we covered some of it last week, so... Uh, this is at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Uh, really, the big the big event that really kicked things off in God's plan for Jesus. He had lived thirty years on this earth without doing any form of public ministry, but now he's starting, it, and that really was at his baptism, where he went uh, to John the Baptist, his cousin, and was baptized um, to fulfill all righteousness for us, and that was really him starting his ministry but then soon after that he goes to the he goes back to John the Baptist and that's when as I, we talked about last week John makes that big profound statement of look the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world he's pointing everybody all the people of Israel all the people there the crowds listening to him that this is him uh, this is the messiah this is the christ that we've been waiting for for thousands of years this is our redeemer our savior from sin the one uh, to take us home to heaven and uh, soon after that, then we get in our previous verses of Jesus calling a few of the disciples who had previously been disciples of John the Baptist, but now they uh, transferred over and they started following Jesus. And now he's, he's going to keep on doing that, calling two guys, one by the name of, of Philip and another by the name of Nathaniel uh, to follow him. So I'm going to go ahead and read those verses. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you, were, while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king. Of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. 
Thanks, Josh. Uh, before you started reading it, I was almost going to say, hey, let's just cut it up and let's just read 43 and then talk about that. But man, it hits me every time. There's something about just hearing a piece of scripture read uh, and it conjures up all sorts of different things. So thanks right, a lot. Just seeing the whole context of it. Yeah, yeah. And isn't it interesting too, like in the Gospels, especially when you work through the, the Gospels, whether it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, it's like, like so much is happening. It's just always like bam, bam, bam. And, you know, if you don't slow down or if you don't see the big picture, but also if you don't slow down, it's just like you're going to miss something. That's why it's fun even going through this. I know we preached on these verses and we went through it in like our Bible study uh, this past Sunday. But it's just like there's always something new that you might miss. And uh, it's kind of like that passage of bringing out treasures old and new. There's something always good and new that you're going to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. This is a little out of left field, but I, uh, well, as you were reading that, and I try to do this, but put myself and imagine myself being there and like how, so, especially when it's back and forth like this, like what, what did it look like? How was Jesus talking? Like, what was uh, Nathaniel's tone of voice when he said, how do you know me? Because mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it could be. I, you know, I always look at that and I'm just like, you know, I, he says, like, how do you know me? But I always think of, like, that interaction with, like, somebody says something to you or about you. And, and we would say, like, I don't even know you. Why are you even talking about me? That, like, when I first hear it, that's what I think of Nathaniel. But, but then also, you know, what is his tone? It's like, wait a minute. What? How does this guy know me? Who, who is this guy? And that's really when you get into the depth of it that he's waiting for Jesus. And Jesus reveals that, hey, I've been waiting for you, too. But all right, we're getting ahead oh, of ourselves. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, no. Yeah, okay. Uh, no. Yeah, no. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go down that hole a little further. Because would you say Jesus knew that he was waiting for him? Yeah. I mean, well, when we look at it, of both like Philip and Nathaniel, right? So John the Baptist, you know, it, them, you know, whether whether or not they were like holy disciples of John the Baptist. I don't think we have any evidence of that, do we? No, we have that. Uh, with, uh, yeah, Philip and Nathaniel, no. Yeah, we have that with Andrew and John in the previous verses. Right. But these guys don't. But, I mean, they probably, I mean, John, the word of John the Baptist spread, so he was talking about the Messiah, the one to come. Uh, so, but either way, it's like you can tell that these guys, when you talk about true believers of putting their faith in the Messiah, who they didn't know who exactly it would be, but they know that God promised that one is coming. That's why Philip tells Nathaniel, you know, we have found the one, right? We have, he doesn't talk about the law, doesn't talk about really the history of Israel. He just talks about the one, the one person, the Messiah, uh, the Christ that, they've been waiting for and so you can just it's really cool because you know you can just we don't know you know we're kind of filling in the blanks and we're just taking our best guess here but like you just think of the times that philip and nathaniel as they talked about their their faith they studied the bible together probably went to the synagogue to a church service like we do together and had a bible study together with their rabbi and it's like these were guys who had talked about this and that's why philip goes and 
goes to his friend, Nathaniel, being like, this is it. We found him. You know, how mind-blowing that moment must have been. You know, just to think of the, when you talk about the tone, the excitement in Philip's voice, and then Nathaniel's like, wait a minute. Yeah. And I, yeah. I don't know if you can really blame Nathaniel. Because uh, if I were him, I would have done the same thing. And if, you know, if, if you if you came to me and said, Hey, this, you know, this most amazing thing, which, you know, we never even thought it would happen has happened. I'd be like, okay, I don't like prove it to me. Well, I think too. And I've, I always try to bring this up, you know, or I always try to think of this when I'm studying the Bible um, and I'm bringing it out when I maybe lead a Bible class or even here when we're working through this together, I heard it from uh, one of our professors in college. He's just like, when you, when you see the shock of people in their first interaction with Jesus, like this was, or you see the unbelief of people in Jesus' day, you have to remember that, like, they saw Jesus face to face in the flesh, of the, and and he claimed to be the Messiah. He claimed to be the Son of God, and. I mean, imagine if somebody would walk into the room or walk into one of our church services and like make a claim like that. What would we obviously do is like, get out of here. Who, you know, this is blasphemous. Um, even Which is exactly what the Jewish people said. Right, exactly. And so it's just like, that's why when I see Nathaniel's, you know, response, like we don't want to bag on Nathaniel saying like, oh, this guy had a weak faith. No, he had a strong faith and he had a, he had this reverence and respect for God and the Messiah. You know, that's why it was so hard for them to wrap their minds around the fact that this guy, Jesus of Nazareth, who they probably had heard about, you know, growing up in Galilee, you know, that's why they said Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. I think that they had heard about him, you know, just like we, I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin. Like, you know, about people from the town over, you know, just from this, that, and the other thing. But it's like how hard it was for them to do that, to wrap their minds around it. And then you see, you know, Jesus using his word, you know, using his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to take this unreasonable statement that this guy right here is the Messiah and working faith in their heart to say, hey, you know, now they believe. Yeah. And, and I love how Jesus spoke to Nathaniel. He, I would assume that Jesus... Well, was using his divine power. So he knew Nathaniel's doubt or question even before he came. And then the only things he speaks are he praises Nathaniel, a true Israelite. And then he gives an answer, just a straight up answer. Like he doesn't chide him or anything like that. And then in verses 50 and 51, he just gives him two more promises. So he's so gracious. Um, and just tells him who he is. Tells Jesus tells Nathaniel who he, Jesus is. I mean, isn't it i mean and again another thing that we have to think of when we work through this is just like jesus could read nathaniel's mind and he could read his heart he knew everything about him and we're going to see that again in uh we're going to see it with nicodemus in chapter three we're going to see it with the woman at the well in chapter four it's just like jesus always knew exactly what to say uh, because he could read their mind and read their heart. And that's why, like, you know, so many of these statements that we see throughout the Gospels of Jesus interacting with people, they're so profound. Um, well, it's because 
of his divine wisdom with people. Yeah. Uh, amen to that. You, none of you are watching this on video, but my son just came into the room, did a quick mute, escorted him out. Yeah, maybe we should, because we, <laughs> we do get the video recording of this too. So if you hear any, both of, both of us quite something to see. Do you have your office um, at your house? <laughs> Nate? No. No, yours is over at church. My office is in my house, so usually when I record this, yeah. I go, I'll wait for Rachel or else. But if you hear yeah. any, any children screaming, uh, it's uh, it's not willful neglect. It's just our children <laughs> <laughs> running around. Um. All right. So we planned not on going on that ten minute tangent, which that was is a good fine. One. It, yeah. Um. But we were going to go straight back to verse forty three when Jesus just, for whatever reason, he he needed to find Philip before he left for up north in Galilee, um, and he said, "Follow, follow me." Um. So what, just a question for us to talk through and people to mull over, what did it actually look like to follow Jesus back then, being one of the 12 disciples? You know, there's the, the idea of, if you look in the historical context of it, like the idea of somebody, you know, following a specific teacher of the Bible, they would call them rabbis. Like that wasn't a foreign concept. Um, you know, we think of like school today where, you know, you go to university and you jump around from one class to the next, from one professor to the next. Uh, but, you know, maybe you know, I'm kind of shooting from the hip here, just some, you know, background knowledge that I have that it's the idea of following a specific teacher of the law, teacher of God's word this wasn't abnormal people did this but but you know they would realize that jesus was you know after time here that jesus was calling them to so much more a following more so than like an academic but just you know this spiritual journey and walk by faith you know not just for these three years but for the rest of their life sure like i'm not not just uh i followed the aristotle Aristotle school of thought or the Plato school right, of thought. Right. Um, but yeah, so, and what it looked like day to day, well, those guys were literally with Jesus, listening to him, learning from him, doing work that he told them to do, just thinking throughout things that happened in the Gospels, um, witnessing all the miracles that he did. Um, he sent them out a few times with messages. Um, yeah, and I get just in the concept of following, I said a little bit of this on Sunday, but um, you're not in the lead. You're not the one deciding where to go. You might not understand. The disciples surely didn't understand all the times. So we see numerous examples of that um, throughout. Even, even after Jesus rose from the dead, they still didn't get why they were really following um, Jesus. And I think that's important to remember for us who, you know, anyone who says, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus. Well, what does that really mean to follow Jesus today, to be a follower of him, or to be his disciple? Well, to, a, I mean, to a, 
to apply it from what they experienced and what Jesus was calling them. I mean, it's different in some ways, but it's, I mean, the crossover, he calls us to do the same thing. What to do what? Well, to learn from him, you know, day in and day out to, to follow him and his command and guidance. And, you know, we don't want to make Jesus to be this leader who's just barking orders at us, but he's leading us, you know, his word is a lamp to our feet and it still is for us today to say, you know, who are you following? And I think it's a good check for all of us of, you know, am I following the desires of my heart? Am I, you know, blazing my own path? Well, my top priority shouldn't be that. It should be, you know, walking on the path that Jesus has already laid out for me, you know, and I can do that with joy because that path is, that path, that path was, you know, paved with forgiveness I can walk as a forgiven, redeemed child of God day in and day out, and I can live with that joy and that motivation to serve and love people the way he calls me to be. And isn't it cool? I mean, we know that all of God's word is good for us. Even his law is good for us. And to say, only good things are going to happen when you, when you follow Jesus and take his guidance to heart and live it out. Yeah, yeah, well said. I uh, just emphasizing the fact that Jesus said, "Follow me," and I don't know if this is true, but I think we like to think that life is you know, more difficult today than it was in the past, or you know, there's so many different people to follow, so many different oh, ways that information come to us. Um, and so it's easier to get distracted. And I, I don't know if that's, that might be just us thinking, you know, everyone in their own time thinks life is most difficult then and they've had it worse than everyone who came before and things like that. But it is true that there are so many different people to follow, so many different ideas, even so many different religious teachers, you might say today. I think, well, I think it's, you know, to apply in our day and age, this information age, I mean, open up your phone, go to any news outlet, go to your Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Everybody's trying to convince you of something to pull you in one direction or the other. And it can get really confusing in life. And, you know, with all that noise in the midst of that storm of all this information being thrown at us, you know, there we see Jesus standing right in front of our face uh, and saying, hey, no, I want you to follow me first and foremost. Follow me. And that is, you know, for me, for us as Christians, it's so comforting to say we have, we have somebody who always uh, helps us, or I shouldn't say helps us, he sets our bearings, and he, he shows us the way to go, you know, day in and day out, which is awesome. Yeah, I think a, a question for us to ask ourselves is, like, who, who are you following? Who are you giving your ear to? Who are you giving your time to? And uh, I say this with a smile on my face, but the Packers, the Green Bay Packers, I'm a fan. They're playing in the NFC Championship on Sunday. It's at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. Like, I have blocked off that time. I'm going to watch the game <laughs> with my family and kids running around the living room. Um, that's going to happen. Or, you know, people people might do that with sports or, you know, do you follow uh, whatever a certain news personality or pundit or station says, is that where you go to say, how should I think about something? Oh, well, whatever they say, you know, whatever station it is, or do you 
follow President Trump or do you follow tomorrow President Biden when he gets inaugurated? Do you follow, who do you follow? Who do you listen to? Who do you go to and say, okay, that's how I'm going to think. They've, they've, who's forming your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Who are you in a sense listening to? And I'm kind of, who are you trusting what they say? And above all else, it's gotta be, if you call yourself a Christian, it's gotta be Jesus. And he's the best one to follow because he's the only one, he's the only one who died on the cross because he wants you to be with him forever. All right, what's, uh, what's next here? Well, you want to touch on, well, let's kind of wrap it up with what Jesus says to Nathaniel at the very end. Um, he says, you believe because I saw you under the fig tree. He says, you will see greater things than that. I mean, you think of that moment in time, you know, how could Nathaniel even possibly imagine as he followed Jesus for the next three years, like all the great things that he would see Jesus do. You know, just paging, right. just paging ahead in my Bible, looking at some of the things coming up. Right. There's a lot. You know, we did that. Uh, we did that on Sunday. It's just like we, we read that passage and then during Bible study. It's like, all right, what's your favorite? What's your favorite miracle of Jesus that you wish you would have been there? And we put together a list. And it's like, these are the great things that Nathaniel would see. You know, Jesus walking on water, feeding the thousands, raising Lazarus, um, casting out demons. And then, you know, when I think about this, the first thing I think of is, is, is not just the cross, but more than anything, it's that Sunday afternoon on Easter Sunday when the risen Savior came and put himself right in front of Nathaniel and said, peace be with you. Yeah. I wonder if he thought back three years earlier mm-hmm. that Jesus, when it all started. I remember Jesus saying that I'd see greater things and this is it. Mm. And then you think of, you know, if God gave Nathaniel the, you know, if he gives us the ability to think back, you know, of understand what earth was like when we get to heaven to say, that's a fulfillment right there. And for us too, is those truly are going to be the greater things is when we get to heaven. How about speaking of heaven? Uh, he says, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Uh, you want to touch on that? Just kind of the, uh, that Genesis 28 with Jacob that Jesus is referencing. Well, yeah, Jacob had this dream while he was running away from his brother trying to kill him. And uh, yeah, he had the dream and heaven was open and angels were going up and down on a, on a ladder or on a stairway. Um, but here Jesus says they're not going up and down on a stairway. It says they're going up and down on Jesus. And at least from commentators I read, um, this is not necessarily meant to signify one event or anything, but it's this idea that heaven is open that God is involved and Jesus is the, he's the link between heaven and earth. Uh, John 14, he says, I am the way, like you want to go to heaven. You want to have God like here, I'm, I'm how you get there. Um, I am the one who carries, you know, I don't, this is probably pushing it, but like, 
I am the escalator. Like I grab right. you, put you on the escalator and take you up. Like, it's not even like you have to climb up. Uh, I'm just carrying think, you uh, there. I don't think Genesis 28, when Moses wrote it, that they had a, a Hebrew word for escalator yet. Yeah, it's probably yeah um yeah that's that's all i got on that well it's just that yeah that jesus is a link when you think of heaven and earth the spiritual and the material god and humanity you know john chapter one the word became flesh jesus saying that he's the way it's just it's one of those that's so profound and there's so much that goes into it. You just kind of marvel at the statement Jesus made and said, yep, exactly. And uh, yeah. the joy we have in it. Yeah. 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 I, I guess I lied. I said, I don't have any more, but maybe two more quick things. Verse 50, he's just speaking to Nathaniel, but verse 51, the yous are plural. So he's speaking to whoever else was there. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one thing. I, this may have been pushing it a little bit, but I made the illustration. Angel means messenger. Mm -hmm. And you could say, I think you could say that a fulfillment of this, or at least, oh, we can picture ourselves. Because um, we are the messengers of God as mm -hmm. we go and, you know, find our Nathaniels and say, come and see, come and see Jesus. Um, like every time you go into God's word, every time you go to worship, every time you study the Bible, every time you listen to a podcast, it's like, you're going up to heaven, you're seeing God, and then you're coming back down and disseminating this news to the world. You're taking prayers back up to God. You're coming down. It's like, we are constantly in our lives going up and down from heaven. It's not a perfect application, but, but, um, but then the flip side of that too is, that God is coming down to us, right? Through things like word and sacrament, through baptism, the Lord's Supper, mm. you know, in the word, Jesus says, wherever two or three gather in my name there, I'm with you. You know, you think of, what was it, uh, Elijah of hiding in the cave and there God was in the word. Um, and yeah, so God is with us in his word. Heaven comes down to earth every time we, we're, what we're doing right now, you know, God is with us in his word. He reveals himself to us. Yeah, I, yeah, great point. We don't have to make some sort of pilgrimage to, you know, an, uh, a far, far place. Uh, God comes to us. Cool. All right, so uh, let's wrap it up here then. And the final thoughts on these verses. The big takeaway. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I, the, you know, we, we all know someone who we think would never be a Christian. Like they're against it or they don't think it's needed or anything. And, mm -hmm. you know, here, here we've got Peter, uh, not Peter, Philip. He knew Nathaniel, what, what Nathaniel was looking for. You know, maybe today, someone you know is lonely or they feel empty or they feel unworthy or they're nervous. And Jesus is the answer to all of those things. Like Jesus heals your loneliness. He's the one who's always there for you and with you. Um, or, you know, you're so worthy that Jesus decided to love you. Um, and so we might think that someone might never come to believe in Jesus, but look at Nathaniel here. He didn't think there was anything good about Jesus. Then Jesus spoke to him and boom, all of a sudden, Rabbi, you're the son of God. You are the king of Israel. 
that's the power that God has. And we can have that confidence as we, and we say, come and see the people who we might think would never respond to Jesus in faith. That was a good takeaway. That was good. What about yours? Uh, I think looking at it, and this is kind of what I preach on, is just the fact of in Jesus' love of knowing Nathaniel, that he knew exactly what to say and knew exactly how to serve him and knew exactly how to bring him to faith and throughout his life keep him in the faith. And that's exactly, you know, how Jesus loves us. He knows everything about us, which, you know, in our sin is a terrifying thing, but it's so comforting because even though he knows everything about us in love, he did everything to save us. He lived in our place. He went to the cross and took away all those sins. And he knows everything that's going on in our life right now. He promises to never leave us. Uh, He brought us to faith and he's going to keep us in that because he knows us and we are his. And so I just look at that and I see that the deep personal relationship that I have with my savior and that you have with your savior that all Christians have with him. And uh, we can rest easy and know that it's all going to be all right because Jesus knows us and he loves us. Amen. All right. Should we say prayer? Go for it. All right. Let's pray. Uh, Dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us together again. Uh, I get to sit here and study your word and discuss your word uh, with my brother Nate here. And I thank you for all those who uh, took the time to tune in and to grow in their faith with us. Uh, we ask that uh, you would you would continue to impress on us the calling you've given us to follow you, that we would make you our top priority, that we would listen to you over and above all the noise of this world that we would follow, uh, and that we would take great comfort the fact that you know us, you love us, you care for us, and you have done anything and everything to keep knowing us and to that we would keep knowing you as our Lord and Savior. Give us, you know, open eyes to see opportunities like Philip did, uh, to tell those that we love, uh, to come and see, to know more about uh, Jesus, and just to let your word work as they see, uh, hopefully through the eyes of faith, of all that you have done for them. Uh, Be with us until we meet again. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.